1: Hey, Scott, can I show you what I've got in my hands right here? What do you, what do you have in your hands, David? This is a black, buttery, brand spanking new Need Essentials 4 3.
2: Oh, brother, you are holding. You're in heaven. You're in warmth heaven.
1: You're in wetsuit heaven right now. Liquid taped seams, the inner thermal chest lining. This is as good as it gets. This is what you need to combat 55 degree water here in Southern California. It is chilly, isn't it?
2: The water temperature is really taking a dip.
1: I'm going to wear the booties too, actually.
2: Oh yeah. I'm a big fan of Need essentials, full suit, four, three and
1: booties. Got to have it, bro. That's the combo. They've got five mil suits. I think six mil suits, depending on where you are in the world. Of course, all of your wetsuit needs Needessentials.com. And then uh, outerwear too. If you're gonna go snowboarding or anything like that, they've got snowboard jackets, shells in case it gets wet or you need to break the wind. And the puffy jacket, brother.
2: It's a friggin' super warm puffy jacket, man. That thing is toasty.
1: Do you love the smell? Do you love the smell? <laughs> yeah, I like,
2: I like the way you're sort of using it as a shawl, you know. This exactly. Well, I, it's a little yeah. chilly here in my room. It's cold, man. And and I'm one that hates cold. So I love neat essentials
1: because it keeps me warm. Totally. And uh, we should probably give some love to Real Water Sports as well. They're our retail partner. For all of your surfboard purchases, consider realwatersports.com. They can ship you a surfboard anywhere in the world. It's fully guaranteed. And it's also just one low flat fee.
2: And as I always mention, because it's just, it's such a crucial thing for me, is the, the amount the volume of, um, of boards that they have and all hard goods. They've got just such a great selection of stuff at real water
1: sports. Uh, that's, I, you know. I, I saw an Instagram post this week. I think it was 55 Maurice coals Coles that they just took delivery of. <sighs> so great. That's so great. I love it. So real water means, sports. Yeah. That means one for you, no matter what size you are within 55, they're going to hit your dimensions.
2: Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Welcome, everybody. It's Spit. It is Monday morning, the Monday after the incredible Billabong Pipe Pro event. And
1: I'm Scott Bass, along with our co-host, David Scales. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Scott. Um, Yeah, we're recording a day or two early this week just so that we can do it while the the Billabong Pipeline Pro is fresh in everybody's mind. And it's 7 a.m., so early morning show for us.
2: It is early. I've got my coffee and I'm ready to talk all things Billamong Pipeline Pro. Uh, Why don't you kick it
1: off? Is it hard to not call it the Pipe Masters? It
2: is. It is hard. And part of me is thinking we should just call it the Pipe Masters. And I saw some hashtags and I did some of my own hashtags. And I just did Pipe Masters. And that was the one that came up way more than. So I know there must be some trademark issues there, but we don't care. For me, it's the pipe masters and I, I heard other people calling it the pipe masters and it will always be the pipe masters.
1: You could hear the commentators struggling to not say it like, oh, he's the pipe, ma- uh, pipe pro. And the other thing is, I don't think they can call it the pipe pro because Volcom calls theirs the pipe pro. So now they're relegated to the pipeline pro, which just sounds so cheesy to think that Kelly Slater and Moana Jones are not pipe masters. They're pipeline professionals. <laughs> it's just no, it's a total they're, letdown
2: they're pipe masters forever in our minds and not if Vance
1: has a says in this
2: yeah exactly thanks Vance. well here's the deal it reminds me of the san diego chargers like the san diego chargers will always be the san diego chargers i don't care where they are and same with the pipeline masters the pipe masters is always going to be the pipe masters san diego chargers always the san diego chargers it doesn't matter it's just ingrained in our brains for 30 something years
1: yeah, it is a little bit disappointing. Um, Actually, and I heard the commentators even referring to past events as pipeline pros. That's lame. Which, which I thought was totally lame because, look, you can't rewrite history, you no. know, because of this trademark disagreement or inability to land on a uh, negotiate, negotiated there's some, license. There's some
2: other it. sort of omissions, if you will,
1: that we'll bring up later in the show that disappointed me. Okay, I'm curious to hear what yours are, because I thought of a few of my own as well. But to answer your point, to get right into it, Kelly Slater, the greatest of all time, did um, well, what I predicted actually last show, but really what we would all expect of Kelly. But we don't know how long to expect him to continue to do it. And he's winking at 50. I think he turns 50 on the 11th. And so basically a week before his 50th birthday, when the waves are incredibly challenging, incredibly difficult to surf, there's wind on it. It's a massive swell. He beat all the young bucks to take down um, the event for the 30th. I don't know if it's the exact 30th, but he's been competing in it since he was 20. So um, pretty heroic stuff. And then Moana Jones on the women's side fought from a wild card position to uh, win the first ever women's event at Pipeline.
2: Yeah. So a couple things here. Um, one is the great, the wonderful thing about Kelly's victory is that we all saw it coming. Like it wasn't a surprise, like at 50 years old, he was the, he was one of the you know, top three guys that you figured was going to win this event. And same with Moana, frankly, Moana was like expected to win and Kelly was expected to win and he did. And she did. And, um, it was a tear jerking moment for him for you and I, I can't speak for you, but I got choked up. I actually got more choked up with Moana's victory for some reason. Hmm. I think it has to do with the crowd noise. Was There was a really loud um, cheering section on the beach for Moana, which got me um, all kerflomped.
1: <laughs> Is that a word?
2: <laughs> no, it's not, but I just made it one.
1: Um, did you watch her post-heat? Speech or post-event win speech?
2: No, I think after she, I think Strider got to her and she didn't really say much. And I was kind of like, okay, got it. Uh, I'm over it. You
1: yeah. know, because I, yeah, I watched Kelly's because I was just curious to hear if yeah. he announced his retirement. But then when the women were on, some friend family came over to see the baby, and so I had the volume down and I didn't get to hear any of her stuff. So I didn't get caught up in the emotion in the same way that you're talking about. But um should we talk women first? Let's, let's talk women first since women happened yesterday. Okay. Um, so we can't talk about the women's event without talking about them not running the event and some kind of missteps along the way, because really sadly that's almost became the story until Moana really did what she did and then took the narrative back. Um, the men, the, the swell was forecasted for Saturday, Sunday to be all. It was all red on Surfline. It was going to be ten to fifteen feet on Sunday, Saturday, and then a little bit smaller on Sunday. I think they called the contest off. No, I'm t- actually it was Friday, Saturday are the days that I'm thinking of. They called the event off on Friday, which I was surprised by based on the swell forecast. Because if you have two days that are scheduled to be good, you never really walk away from good days. That's wow. the general rule of thumb, right? Well, the
2: general rule of thumb is obvious Is has always been, let's finish on the weekend. Like from a, from a business standpoint, they want the weekend crowd to show up on the beach. And that's my gut. I don't know this for a fact, but I do know that for businesses, for any sporting event, it's better to happen on the weekend.
1: Which is, I don't know how much that rule applies now. Um, or, or you're right, they're probably still applying it, but they need to reconsider the rule. A, you're at pipeline, so beaches limited, anyways, parking's limited, all that kind of stuff. You're gonna pack it out on a Friday like you would on a Saturday. Secondly, your greatest viewing audience is online. And I would argue you're gonna get more views on a Friday when everybody's at work, because <laughs> they're gonna stream it at work. But on a Saturday, when they're running to Home Depot or doing whatever they gotta do, they're not as tied to a computer. So I would be curious to hear if they ran the same event where they would get more views. Yeah. It's an interesting take
2: because you and I see it as must watch TV. It doesn't matter if it's Friday or Saturday, like I'm tuning in, like things are getting yeah. blocked out here, you know, when it's, when it's pumping, you know, when it's as good as they're saying it's going to be. And all the, all the heroes are lined up to surf against each other. So, um, you know, if we're the target audience, Friday or Saturday doesn't matter to them either. So why not just do it on Saturday? Cause yeah. Yeah. I'm going to block out Saturday just like I'd block out Friday. You're suggesting, "Oh, there's just a casual fan that might tune in on Friday at work but doesn't care about it on Saturday."
1: I think Friday, yeah, you could run the numbers anyway. There's an equal amount of people on Friday as there are on Saturday. Like it and maybe even more. You can make an argument that there could be more. Yeah. So, but I think if that is the golden rule, then the silver silver rule is you can't walk away from good waves because you never know what's going to happen with a forecast. And Friday was forecasted to be good. Based on what I watched online all day, it was pumping on Friday. 64-year-old Mike Ho got the wave of his life at backdoor on that day. And uh, pristine wind conditions. It was just an epic day. There were second reefers that were rolling through, but then there was epic ones hitting the reef. So I kind of finished Saturday, uh, Friday going, man, I don't know how they can get better than today. So hopefully they made the right call. So Saturday, it was still good. It was very, very good, but there was a bit of wind. Wind was the only problem on, on Saturday as the day developed, there was plenty of swell and contestable waves. The wind made for more challenging waves. So we got to see these kind of heroic moments with those, uh, you know, backdoor waves that Seth Moniz got and Kelly got one in the end, but what are your thoughts on the conditions on those two?
2: Yeah, that's, that's really, um, where Surfline missed it was the wind, you know? Um, and that's not really, it's, it's very difficult to kind of nail down wind perfectly because it only takes a few degrees to clock a few degrees for it to be, you know, chandeliery if that's a word. And, um, just, you know, like the bumps that we saw in the wave face on Saturday, just doesn't take much of a degree and change. So to sort of, especially trade winds in, in Hawaii, like it's just really difficult to nail down the exact degree. So I'm not gonna, you know, call out Surfline for missing it, but certainly that was that was the factor they were counting on that didn't come through for them was a more easterly direction in the wind.
1: Well so they ran the men, the entirety of the men's quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals on Friday, or I'm sorry, on Saturday. And they were actually scheduled to also run the women that day. they were going to try to get through both events. The women only had the semis and the final. So usually when they do that, they overlap or they um, swap, it goes quarterfinals men, then they would go semis women, then semis men, then finals women, finals men. So that the men and the women have time to rest in between the rounds. Well, when the quarterfinals of the men was wrapping up, they said, all right, we're going to go straight into the men's semifinal. I was like, Hmm, that's weird. Didn't make a mention about the women. Then when they went from the semifinals of the men, when that was wrapping up, they go, Oh, we're going to go straight into a men's final with only 10 minutes to rest for Seth Moniz to rest. And I thought that's peculiar and unfair for Seth. So, cause now he's going to surf, you know, again, he has 10 minutes to rest in between the heats. Well, then they cut to Jesse Miley Dyer who says, what are we doing with the women's event? She goes, Oh, we're going to hold it off till tomorrow. I thought, well, that's very strange. And there needs to be more kind of explanation of why this is happening. I got a text that night from people who are on the ground there who said the women actually refused to go out. I believe The women the women had the opportunity; they were scheduled to run, and the women said, "We do not want to go out."
2: I believe that because the lack of communication by the WSL during the event to you and I, the end user, um, was just—it was—it was clear they didn't know what was going on. It was—it was there was never any of that standard. Hey, stand by for after the seat. We're going straight into the women's. There was this like void of information, and it was—it was telling. And 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 I'll tell you. After the men's semis, I split. Like, I did go to Home Depot, going, I've got an hour here. I'm not going to watch the women's semis. I'll watch the women's final. And I was at Home Depot and I just randomly went, I don't know why, but I randomly pulled it up to see what was going on. And they're like, upcoming, you know, it showed men's final coming up next. They were actually putting on a jersey. And I had to drop everything. And and I left a boatload of lumber right in line there at Home Depot No and, way. <laughs> and, and ran home and my wife and I tuned it in. And, and a couple of things here, because it's funny, you know, we were going to start with the women's, but the women's and the men's are a big part of this discussion and a big part of this story. Um, and I think that if the roles were reversed, David, and, and Kelly Slater was in the semifinal heat number two and he had won the heat the way Seth had, and he had been beaten down the way Seth had, or regardless if he'd been beaten or not. But he came in exhausted after heavy surfing conditions at Pipeline. And he was swarmed by friends and then did the required five or 10 minutes of media, and then was told to put on a jersey and paddle straight back out. I'm sure that Kelly would have said, hold on here, guys. I need at least 30 minutes alone to get my body and my mind right for this epic final. That's about to go down. I'd like to hydrate. I'd like to chill out and be by myself. I'd like to talk to my coach. I'd like to get a little muscle tune up. I need at least 30 minutes guys. Oh, by the way, this is the way we've done it forever. And why isn't the women's semi in the fight the water right now? Like it always is what's going on here. I'm confident that Kelly Slater has the cachet to do that. And they would have went, okay, yeah, you're right. And they would have done something. Well, I don't know what Mm -hmm. it is. They would have just gone to like the studio shot of the three people talking, but um, that was an incredible disservice to Seth Moniz. And, and it, and what's bummer is that it wasn't talked about. Like no one brought it up. Like if this was a, a, a PGA event or a tennis event, John McEnroe would be going, what's going on? And frankly, the the surfers would have enough, the competitors would have had enough power in a tennis event to go, no, that's just not the way we're doing things. Like we're, we're, we get an hour break here to chill out and get our shit together. We're about to go out and surf 10 foot pipe.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. A disservice to Seth is a storyline. That's a great point. And, and so, okay. Again, I'm distracted. Where we, where to take the conversation? Um,
2: Why wasn't the women in the water and and the so, service to Seth because of it?
1: So the women in the water. So if that is all true, they opt not to go out. Um, ra- so they decide to run them the next day. The next day, talking about things that aren't being said. They run them the next day. The waves are still big, very treacherous. It's just like the
2: day before. To me, it looked like pretty much the same.
1: Pretty much. And the women weren't going. Moana Jones went on waves. Tyler Wright got one wave. But that entire first heat, I counted. I stopped counting at 15 proper sets that barreled perfectly on the reef and spit out the end with the women not going and not a single commentator mentioning that that is a scorable ride that just went by. And if it's the men's heat, and somebody has priority and a wave goes by unridden, they absolutely call it out. And it isn't to shame that, per- it's just to identify what's happening in the heat. You know, it's a critical analysis of what's happening in the heat. There was so much um, positive, that wall of positive noise that we talk about with the WSL was on full tilt, so much so that they're ignoring what's obvious. And instead of saying, oh, they just let that scorable ride go by, they just kept saying, wow, these women are warriors it's like, well, I don't know. Somebody's got to drop in. Yeah. You know,
2: it, it's what's unfortunate is that everyone else, 99.9% of the other people watching what's happening are going, what the hell's going on? Like, it's not like it's super, it's, it's incredibly obvious. You know, it's like totally. Orwellian almost, totally. you know, it's like, let's just not talk about it. It's like, dude, right. it's right in my face. How can you not talk about this?
1: Right. Yeah. It was a real real strange scenario well Um,
2: i consider it a black eye for the WSL. i mean look i don't want to take away it was a great day of surfing on saturday and it was incredible and 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 on sunday for moana but this needs to be discussed and all they had to do was discuss it i know because they didn't discuss it it in my opinion it's like you know look call it what you will but at least call it It, it's just
1: wrong and let's to be clear Moana charged and got some epic waves. Tyler Wright got one backdoor wave that she got an eight point ride on, which I was surprised to see her go on after she had opted to not go on so many waves, but they, you and I were saying last week, all that we want, we don't expect Bethany to be able to navigate a closeout barrel and get spit out at the end. Like the fact that she's going and pulling in is insane and it's more than I would ever do. So just go. You've got the water safety, you've got all the cameras on you, by the way, this is your one moment for somebody to really like boost ahead in their career. When you have the greatest surfers in the world, not going, all you have to do is have one moment of heroics that'll go down in the history books and you'll get your career. This is an opportunity essentially.
2: Well, last week I told you, look, you know, in some regards, you could say, we don't need any more tour. This is the only event you need this year because it's perfect and insane. And I was talking about the men's, but if you look at the women and the fact that they didn't go, in my mind, Moana Jones Wong is the world champion. I know. Like it'd be one thing if the others gave it an effort, you know, and I'm not, and yeah, there was an occasional effort and I, I don't want to like, but there was what happened, but Moana Jones Wong is the world champion. Yeah. I mean, what's so not occasional- going to advance at, at three foot Rio or whatever. Right. So what?
1: Right. That's exactly. So the family that was over watched that finals heat with me and they were like, so she's the best. And I'm like, well, or no, they go. So does she get a spot on tour now? Because I explained the wild card situation there. So she's going to be on tour now. Maybe she'll be a world champ. And I'm like, no, that's the problem is like what she's doing here won't translate to so many other spots, you know, but to them in their mind, they're like, well, these other girls are cowering. Why wouldn't she just win this thing? You know, so It it was a really fascinating experience. It's a culmination of what we've talked about for a lot of years, which is do we run the women in simultaneous events? Uh, If you do, it puts them in peril, maybe if it's waves that are too big, all this kind of stuff. I had an epiphany. It actually came from a listener of something that would actually solve all of this gray area that we we discuss year in and year out. And that is we want equality. We want parity obviously. So now they put the tours together, but they're getting caught up in who do we run on which days? What if they did the overlapping format as they've been doing at the beginning of the events, but overlap the men and the women. So there's always four people in the water, two men, two women. So they're running both events actually wow. simultaneously, actually in the same exact style of waves, and it could go horribly awry, <laughs> but but by the end of the season we will have a very crystal clear picture of what's what and who's entertaining and where those dollars. Like, look, if everybody's getting equal pay and surfing equal waves, then I think it's pretty clear to see, you know, where value is yeah. and where yeah. entertainment lies.
2: Oh, that's a great way to think about it and perhaps um, implement that new policy. If, if you know, if the WSL wants to be straightforward about it or progressive, if you will, I've got. It to, is progressive. I've got to think that. The WSL is as bummed out as we are that the women were like, no. I mean, how good of a source do you have that the, it's the women competitors that made the decision? They're just like, we're not paddling out. Like, why not just go? Then you get, then everyone's in. Who wants to paddle out? Raise your hand if you want to paddle out. And whoever raises their hand gets to go surf in the heat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like did the women, like, how good is your source, David? Good. Okay. That says it (laughs) the way you said that. (laughs) says So, and I believe it because it was obvious that the decision was coming down to the last second because of the lack of communication. That's what I told my wife. I'm I'm like, yeah, they're supposed to run the women. And then I realized, you know what, this thing, they didn't know what they were going to do between the semis and the finals of the men. They had no idea, which is why they didn't say, stand by, we're coming up with the women's.
1: Yeah. The only apprehension I would say in terms of, broadcasting that the women made the decision is I don't know if they sat down all four semifinalists in a room and said, you know, let's take a vote. And if all four hands went up and said, we're not going out, or if it was just uh, one or two women, or if it was just kind of, you know, my, how my gut it was. feeling
2: is that they go to Carissa. They go to the big hitters that have a lot of, you know, the stakeholders, so to speak. I'm not sure Moana was in on that discussion or not, to be honest with you. I don't, I think at that point you just go to the, you know, you don't take a group conscience. You just kind of take a few opinions from the heavy stakeholders, you know, and I'm not and it, saying Carissa did that. I don't know. We don't know. But what we do know is that the women competitors said, we're not surfing today. And now you got the lunatics running the asylum.
1: How do I don't want to call them lunatics? Well, I'm just, that's a figure speech. I know. Um, I could see it being something more subtle, like, Hey girls, what do you, what do you think? Tomorrow's forecast looks really good too. And them going, I don't know. Yeah. If it's going to be a foot or two smaller, maybe we can wait till tomorrow. Maybe, you know, the men are on a fire right now. It could have been more subtle. I don't know wow. that it's actual, like putting their foot down. I am not going out right now, no matter what you do, you can't force me. Yeah, it
2: probably will Not that it matters. I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it, you got to realize that Eric Logan and everyone that's like looking at spreadsheets is going, um, this is finals day. We announced it finals day. Why aren't we running this? The boys are out. The girls should be out. And Oh, by the way, if we do it tomorrow, it's stupidity from a broadcasting standpoint, call it off for like three heats tomorrow. Now I got to bring everyone back. Right. I got to bring consumers back. I got to bring staff back. I got to bring everyone back. You just cost me basically a hundred grand or more who knows. Yeah. And come on, you know, like this is, and, and again, I'm not, and we're not expecting, um, you know, Sean Thompson weaving through the barrel here. We just, just go on a few waves. And and I will say this though, like maybe we're getting too upset about this because in, in hindsight, let's say in five years, you know, we, maybe we just have to take baby steps here, you know? And the good news is, is it was almost as, you know, it was challenging conditions on Sunday. It wasn't like, oh, they got four foot glassy pipe and it was stupid. It was still eight foot and Moana kind of charged it. She She did did. charge
1: it. She set herself apart. Absolutely charged it. That last
2: wave was incredible. And that wasn't even the best one she got.
1: She set herself apart entirely. Moana certainly deserves a lot of this conversation. Uh, a lot of accolade Totally. the other the other thing is look we could say kelly slater we expected him to do what he did and then he did it and kelly knows how to deal with pressure because he's been doing it for so long but for moana to have all the eyes on her have all the pressure on her and then actually deliver on those goods we don't see that very often we often see michelle beres not performing in uh at Chopu, you know, or whatever the case is with the local person. So it's a lot of pressure to live up to. And she fully, fully I will say
2: this, as I recall the broadcast team, and I think it was Ross Williams, who was like, basically said what we're saying, like, look, Carissa's comboed here. She's got seven minutes or whatever. We just want to see her catch a wave and get out of combo land. Like, and waves were being passed by, you know, like, you know, it's kind of like, just paddle, you know, even if you catch one on the corner, you know, know. just catch one. And it's, I don't know, man, it, it's a little disappointing. And it, it was a, very, and again, the biggest disappointment is the lack of discussion about it. Like John McEnroe would have been Oh man, these girls really had a chance and they blew it. Like good for Moana. She killed it. She did great, but I'm very disappointed in the other women's uh, competitors here. Like that needed to be said. You got to call them out because then they're going to go, oh, shit, he's calling us out. We better rise to the occasion. If you continue to allow, uh, you know, look, progress sometimes takes prodding. Totally.
1: Often does. In fact, the prodding can expedite it. And I said it in the past. I don't know, once or twice, like we do a bit of criticizing of the WSL over the years And it's not for the sake of being critical. Part of the reason why is you and I, who have been invested in surfing for decades, really kind of feel like this is our thing. We don't own it. So we have no right to feel that way, but we do feel that way because we love it so intensely and we followed it so intensely, by the way, longer than the CEO, longer than a lot of the people that are working in the organization. And so we feel like we understand where the value is and where the vision should be and all that kind of stuff. And we're watching it through that lens. And then we see them start making these decisions that are so divergent from what the core actually is and what the product should be, that's where the criticisms start popping up. And it's not because, oh, we want it to cater to us. It's because we recognize this will actually get you what you want. This will help progress the surfing this will help find more viewers this will help grow your business and so when they're running in wave pools we let you know we obviously have a lot of criticism about that but this is one of those moments where we're like you guys have gotten what what everybody's been pushing for which is parity and they're running in excellent surf so the critics are silenced about not having equal opportunity we have equal opportunity now now let's discuss it let's openly discuss it and if the women aren't going on waves you're not you're not representing like you're supposed to be the voice of the viewer as the commentator part of your job is to represent what we're seeing and provide insights you're not representing what we're seeing and you're providing zero insight into what's happening now and so again you as an entity the WSL are distancing yourself from us you're not we're now critical again
2: here's the a a fascinating well I don't know fascinating is a stretch but here's um for historical context, possibly, and I would argue, the greatest moment in competitive surfing. What do you think it was, David? Kelly Slater uh, winning. I mean, historical. Like, I'm not talking ten greatest years moment. Though. I'm talking in seventy sports. years. Yeah, Greater, greatest greatest uh, moment. Have, in I have no idea. Okay, well let me let me. me let <laughs> me help you. Let me help you. And, and again, maybe it's not, but there was a moment in 1974. Uh, the Smirnoff at Waimea Bay. And it was maxing, closing out huge, unbelievably scary Waimea Bay. And the male competitors were hesitant. They were like, no, you know what? I don't know. I think somebody's going to die out there. And I think somebody almost died when they were like out warming up or whatever. And it was crazy. And the men were like, I don't think we should run it. It's going to kill somebody. And Fred Hemmings, the promoter said, look, we're running this thing. And if you guys don't go out there, I will. And so Fred Hemmings paddled out, the promoter caught a wave, came in and goes, let's go. And they all had to go, okay, let's go. They were prodded by the promoter to go. And guess what? It was the greatest moment in competitive surfing history. Put a nail in it. That's intense. So, we're still talking about it to this day, mind blowing, dead ahead, Fred.
1: So, the solution would have been elo and jesse miley dyer paddling out <laughs> <laughs> and getting getting a wave and then just come at pointing at carissa or tyler i guess it would have been tyler and moana and just been like you're not ne- you're up next
2: i'm just saying that if they would have said sorry but you're going out it would have you know it it, it would have Like I said, in hindsight, five years from now, we'd be like, that was the smartest thing they ever did was get those girls out there, regardless of what happened.
1: Yep. Yeah, I agree. Well, we've covered that. Let's talk about the men's event. Congratulations, Moana. Um, First place in the world, by the way. It'd be a shame if she doesn't get wild cards moving forward. Um, So the men's event. The men's event, we ran quarterfinals, semifinals, and final, obviously, all in one day. Quarter, first quarterfinal, Kelly Slater versus your survival pick, Kanoa Igarashi.
2: Yeah, it was a fun heat early in the morning. Um, and I want to say it looked to me like Kelly had won it before he even paddled out. Why? Just he, it, like he sort of had this. Um, he sort of had like letting go vibe. Like he was kind of like, I'm just so stoked to be out here. I'm 49. Oh, my God. You know, he had that throughout the event, right? This like. There's no pressure on me whatsoever. I got 11 World Tiles, 55 event wins, eight pipe masters, whatever it was. And and it's pumping and it's perfect. Oh my god, and it's glassy it was before the wind came up. It was it had that really kind of um flat lighting almost, kind of sometimes hard to see what the wave was doing and um Kelly kind of shellacked Canoa in my opinion.
1: For sure he did. I expected more of Canoa in that heat. Um the the next heat too is kind of lackluster it's a bummer when you have so much leading up to this day that well look
2: we called out the women and we should call out some men here too i mean it was disappointing some of those those heats early on sure. like i know the wind came up quick weird from the northeast and, and they had that that weird bump and some cr- you know crumbly moments but
1: they spent um, 15 minutes paddling and not catching waves yeah that
2: There was surfing going on where you're like, I mean, I could name. We could both name. Everyone could name 10 dudes that were on the beach that were like, send Kalani Chapman out there. He'd be charging that. You know what I mean? Like, and I'll just basically say, look, Luca Messina was disappointing. Totally. There were some disappointing moments from these so-called expert professional surfers, you know? And okay, I get it. He's a rookie and it's a learning moment. Okay. You know, but. If we're going to call it the women, we got to call it the men too. It, it just, um, I don't know. It was interesting that these guys that charged their way through to the semis all of a sudden were, or through the quarters were, you know, fill me in, David. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. It was very disappointing. And I wouldn't, I don't think either of those guys are afraid, right? Miguel Pupo and Luca Messinas, because we saw Luca going on the previous day, but for whatever reason, they were a little bit shy Um, the next heat was Seth Moniz versus John, John Florence. And this heat is worth discussing. It was an upset, but a lot of people would say it's actually not that surprising because Seth Moniz obviously is a local he's tested out there. He's very talented. The funny thing is you picked Seth Moniz for pipe last year in survival league. And, uh, it was a good pick. I thought, and he just happened to lose at the beginning. Had you picked him this and then you were gun shy this year, of course. Yeah. because of last year and then he goes through and makes the final
2: yeah that's okay you know um it was it was a, just a there was a lot of it was exhilarating day of, of of surf watching with a couple of shitty heats
1: how about we could spend the whole show talking about seth moniz's uh backdoor bomb which he did a couple of times there was two of them that almost looked identical well Kyle did one and Kelly yeah. did one. Oh, they all Kyle's had that, was insane too. they all
2: had that that like really under the lip late takeoff straight into the barrel and barely the lip grazing yes. their head. Kelly had one in the final, that his
1: final wave that was mind-blowing. The funny thing is, you're right. They almost each one got progressively gnarlier. I don't know. So Seth did it first, Kyle the next heat, and then Kelly in the final was gnarlier than both of those because it was that much closer to scalping him. Had yeah. he had hair, he would have got taken out.
2: Right. If he had a
1: chop hop, there would be no title. Um, Yeah, scalped. But yeah, yeah, that when Seth first did it, it's a free fall drop with a board fluttering under his feet. Just a just a wish and a prayer, hope and a prayer that his feet actually land on the board. They do in the most critical part of the wave, and then being able to maintain your line and your positioning and all that sort of stuff with all that chatter on the face was just, I mean, it was unbelievable. I could not believe that wave.
2: Yeah. The surfing was, was great. But again, to me, um, for the sake of this show, it's, uh, you know, and, and at the risk of nitpicking, um, which perhaps we're doing, there were some other omissions that I think we need to bring up by the broadcast team after the final, um, or at least as time was ticking down, you know, like it was obvious that Kelly had won and everyone was celebrating and, and, you know, he had priority and he had complete control of the heat. Um, The the broadcast team started to ask about Kelly's retirement. You know, like the question was brought up, maybe he'll retire after this, after this event. And then I think Ross or whoever said, well, maybe he's going to do good at sunset beach. He's never really done good at sunset beach. And then they talked about Kelly being, oh, by the way, he's number one in the world right now, you know, and will there be a run at a 12th world title? And that led to discussion about G Land and J Bay and Chopu and even Portugal. And not once did I hear anyone discuss the obvious, which is the events that are next after sunset, which is the events in Australia that require vaccination. So this whole discussion, I was like screaming at the TV going, why don't you talk about whether he's going to be able to get two thirty third, two thirty seconds, or whatever in Australia. Like, and oh, by the way, he can throw one of those away. And that would mean he'll only have a 33rd. And, and I just felt like this was a, a miss, you know, and, and it was on par with some of the other omissions.
1: Well, it makes you think that they're uninformed. You know what I mean? It's like, this is, everybody's talking about this important detail. I don't think Ross and, Williams
2: is uninformed. He's a great commentator and he's extremely intelligent. And, they he's, all know. And, he's got a, and he's coaching
1: John, John Florence. Like they all know what's going on with Australia. That's my point is it's either you're dumb or you're a liar. You know what I mean? And so right. it makes them look like they're uninformed, but we know that they're not uninformed. Right. So now they're just leaving out important context contextual information that's existing everywhere in the surf world. Everybody's talking about it. So it makes the WSL look not credible. If you're not, if you're not going to share this information that we're all discussing when you in a void, you know, you guys are in a void over here. We're all discussing it over here. You're not going to discuss this, but then also the women, the stuff that we already discussed, the women are in the water, letting waves go by. You're not going to mention any of those waves going by. You now look like this dystopian or a shill. Totally like,
2: Orwellian. It's totally, blowing.
1: Totally. Yeah. And you're trying to force feed us this positive narrative, trying to tell us that this is heroic and all this stuff. And we're just going, are you guys kidding me? Now we're going to be critical. Now we have to be critical of you guys because you're existing in this vacuum that is not reality. By the yeah, way, thanks like, for putting on the event.
2: It's like taking a shit in the capital and calling yourself a tourist. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, and in, in regards to Sunset Beach and Kelly Slater in retirement, if you're going to talk about retirement, you've got to talk about how, first of all, how crucial Sunset Beach is for Kelly if he does bypass Australia. If Slater gets a result at Sunset Beach, he probably has enough points to bypass Australia. This is something they should have talked about. Can you imagine like a a quarterfinal finish at Sunset and winning the event? He can actually look at Australia and go, I'm going to take a pass. And this is why. And I'll still have enough points to go to Portugal. This assumes, of course, that Portugal won't require a vaccination to enter that country. But if he doesn't get past the elimination round at Sunset Beach, which could happen, He's kind of forced to retire, like, like, because he's not going to make the cut, know. you know. And why the to most Portugal important if you're talking not going to make the cut? It is. It's the most important thing. Yeah. And we're talking Kelly Slater, fifty years old. So Sunset Beach is a huge thing in regards to Australia and and, and Kelly's uh, performance at Sunset Beach. It, he's going to basically be forced to retire if he if he has a shocker, which could happen, as we know, because we, it's a wild card event.
1: Which is why I was suggesting last week that it would be wise for him to retire after this win if he wants to retire on top.
2: Oh God! When he said, "Well, I'm thinking about it," I immediately thought of you. I'm like, here he goes again. He's just dangling it out for, for David and I to just go. I don't know. Is he? A real?
1: I'm. He said he specifically. Specifically, he said, "I don't know. I may not show up at sunset. I have to think about that for the next few days." Yeah, which is just like classic. Well, I, look, I could see. I, do that too. Being, I actually do. see it being true, which is yeah. he's been thinking about maybe retiring if he wins this event and all of a sudden he's won it, but he wants to be able to process what this all means before he makes a rash decision on stage for the crowd. And look, it'll it'll be equally impactful if he does it on Instagram on his birthday. He could do it on his birthday. You know what I mean? On his 50th birthday. That, that would be, be impactful.
2: Cool. That would be cool.
1: So um, everything that you're saying is true. And the, our criticisms, I think, of the way that the WSL did not communicate throughout this event are all valid, but it really gets overshadowed by the big story, which is everything they did right, and exactly. Kelly Slater and Kelly Slater uh, capitalizing on those right decisions. Yeah,
2: no, it was an incredible event, and, and Moana, and, and tip of the cap to Slater and to Moana and to the WSL. I would give the event an a name minus. You know, they just. We're being hypercritical because that's our job, but these are pretty big misses in my opinion. Maybe it's a B plus because, you know, you had the opportunity to tell the world that you're a credible sporting organization and you just like basically said it's sunny, but we're going to call it cloudy.
1: Yeah, but I think for the, the vast viewing audience and certainly the one that they're growing into,
2: they didn't those... See
1: those audience members do not identify the things that you and I are talking about. Yeah, You're right. You're right. Maybe we're, but, but the problem, no, we're not too hypercritical because those people would sink their teeth into the conversation that you're talking about to all of that information about Kelly Slater. This is a super perplexing scenario and very, um, you know, like we want to dissect the nitty gritty your fans. That's what they want. That's how they become fans is being able to dissect the nitty gritty. So by sharing all this information of like, we have the greatest athlete on the planet in any sport. He's been dominating it basically for 30 years. Here he is again, dominating. This is could be the pinnacle. This could be the third rise of the Phoenix. He's in first place. This is the pinnacle of his career at the age of fit winking at 50. And he might throw it all away because he doesn't want to get vaxxed. This is a story. You know, like you could position yeah. this to be the greatest storyline of all time. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And, and I mean, ask Kelly about it too, by the way. How do they not ask Kelly about it?
2: They're they're missing it, man. They are missing I mean, Kaipo, the opportunity for CNN and for MSNBC and for Fox News and for ev- and NPR and everyone to pick up on this story.
1: This is also my problem with everybody being so buddied and bro down I, is I Kaipo is there's no chance that no. Kaipo goes, Kelly, what do you have to say about retire- potential retirement? Like that was the moment Kelly's crying his eyes out. He says, I might not go to sunset. How do you not follow up on that conversation? But the reality is Kaipo's his buddy and Kaipo's like, I'm not going to ask him for more than he's willing to share on his own. And yeah. that's a huge, huge misstep. How do you not ask, hey, we know that you've been talking about the vaccination situation a lot publicly. Are you going to go to Australia? It's a fair question. That's totally not is. over the line.
2: Totally. Is. Yeah, it's a great point, David, that there's just too much bro-bra going on there. And, and that's been a problem. And, and, you know, on the flip side, that gives you access. But on the downside, you know, you need that sort of grindy reporter guy to be on the beach guy that's willing to, you know, but you got to get paid a lot to take the hit. I mean, in, in, in some regard, Kaipo was like, I don't want to lose this job. I'm just going to do what is expected of me. I mean, this is a killer gig.
1: Look, Here's the WSL gig- doesn't want to hire somebody who isn't bro bra. That's yeah. another misstep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they should be actively bringing people in who have a point of view.
2: Yeah. I should have hired you.
1: Exactly. Carlos
2: Munoz is out for six months. Ugh. Yeah, he's got right. that I'll send, injury. I'll send that, you a hundred bucks. He's, he's got that injury that I told you about, but here's where, uh, actually, let me take a quick break and let me come back and talk about Carlos. All right,
1: commercial break. When you're hiring for a small business, you wanna find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs totally free that's linkedinjobs.com surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply
2: okay carlos muñoz
1: Should Give me he that get hot carlos goss
2: <laughs> should he get the injury wild card he was injured surfing pipeline in the very first event of the year i believe there's only one injury wild card available. I thought there was
1: two. Okay, uh, I don't know. We have to see how the season plays out, right? Because what if somebody like John John gets injured again?
2: Well, this is kind of what I'm kind of setting up this whole um, this whole opinion of mine that I don't think the injury wild card should even be there. I think if you're injured, there should be no injury wild card, and you have to requalify, and that goes for everyone because it just turns into an unfair
1: deal. You know, I think it being unfair is still better than it not existing at all, because there's plenty of examples over the years where somebody got it. You know, John John, a world champ who's still in the height of his powers. He shouldn't have to go requalify.
2: I've heard through the grapevine that that Carlos was injured. The WSL medical staff treated him and said, you're good. You should be able to go out. And he couldn't even get his jersey on. (laughs) <laughs> and he tried to paddle back out. His arm just popped right back out. Could have made it worse. And um, I don't know, man. It, I mean, it's a bummer. I just feel like if you're in a position like Gabe or Kelly or John, John, where you can just raise your hand and go, oh, I'm not feeling well. it'd like an injury wild card. For somebody like Carlos, who's grinding and right. like, injured in the event, I th- yeah. I'm thinking what about injury wildcard only if you're injured in the competition,
1: I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that I mean, there's still going to be circumstances where somebody was injured related, you know, prepping for the event. It's different than crashing your dirt bike on the week on the month that yeah. you had off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there'd have to, you'd have to factor in all that information, but I agree with you. It doesn't, it shouldn't always be like, you know, the most popular surfer, for example, who gets the injury wild card? Yeah, um, so they have to really pick it apart. But it's a big bummer, obviously. I did not know that he was out for six months. This is all news to me. And gosh, dude, I mean, this maybe he's maybe I'm the problem here. Maybe the fact that I've been rooting for him for the past decade is the curse.
2: Well, it's a it's unfortunate, fortunate, you, know, you know, you know, you um, know. In Latin America, he he's a big draw on. Um, you know, as a fan, as people that want to be fans of Latin American surfers, he's a big draw for them. He's kind of got that—he's a sweet kid. I mean, he's 29 now; he's an adult male, but he's—he's he's kind of got a youthful kind of spirit about him. He's got that big fro. He's a great guy, and um, just—I'm as bummed out as you are that yeah. Carlos is out. And and, it, and I guess what I'm bummed out about is that he's probably not going to get the injury wild card, and so I'm like, that's it. Like we're probably not going to see Carlos Munoz. Anymore. I mean, he's 29 years old. Like, you know, like he's got to be feeling like, you know, I just feel sorry for the guy, you know, yeah, I mean, me he can try to, he can try to re-qualify I and mean, maybe he will when he's 30,
1: but. Well, it's um. I'm mostly bummed that you and I don't get to play out our vendetta this season.
2: What do you mean? It played out. Yeah, like I... You can Venmo me. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Fair enough. Um no, nah, you don't. Have one to pay thing me. I wanted—that's
2: okay. Don't worry about paying me because it's it's kind of lame that it happened on an injury. There should have been a little caveat in the
1: bat. Fair's fair. Um, the one thing that I wanted to ask you about—you were saying about Kelly not going to Oz, that he might be able to um, not count one of his events—is that true? I seem to remember yeah. reading. Okay, no, tell that's me the rules. that's the case.
2: The rules from what I understand is that they will be throwing out one event this year. And that event happens before the cutoff. So the, the back half of the tour, there's no throwaways. Everything counts.
1: Okay. Got it.
2: So he could throw away one Australia event, get an equal 33rd in the other one. If he's got a good result at sunset beach, he's obviously got first at pipe. Then he's like, okay, I can go to Portugal and still make the cut. And then my retirement tour is looking good and everyone can, you know, um, It'd be, give him the, it, his just and due retirement year, you know?
1: Okay. Okay. Got it. But I just to wanted to, to clarify well, that that was fact.
2: The, yeah. And Portugal's up in the air regarding vaccine, uh, vaccination requirements. I, I'm not sure what right. they are there. I'm sure we could Google it and find out real quick, but it changes. Well, it, too. Might, it's fluid it might change and it's, exactly. and it's fluid in Australia, actually. So things could change in Kelly's favor in Australia. And that would be great too.
1: Um, I know you have a heart out here in a few minutes, but my must-see moment is the spectacular collision at Pipeline that was making the rounds on Sunday. Did you see this? No, I didn't see oh, this. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I have to, to. we have to go to dead air real quick so I could send this to you. Send it.
2: Send me the am... info on the big wipeout at Pipeline to surfers Big waves, gorgeous day, and two surfers collide. It's, uh, it's going to be worthy of this dead <laughs> air that I'm trying to fill right now. I've got a joke for you. Um, Let me hear it. These Irish guys driving through Belfast. He gets pulled over by, by a cop. The cop says, are you Catholic or are you Protestant? And the Irishman looks at the cop and says, I'm neither. I'm an atheist. And the cop says, OK, I get that. But are you Catholic atheist or Protestant atheist?
1: That's the joke. Did you did you hear that from interviewing your guy for uh, keep it no. a secret film? No, I actually oh, okay. heard
2: that from an Irish friend of mine. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Look
1: uh, at these guys. Okay, So that's the image. But swipe over to see the actual video itself. I watched the video. It's, it's pretty good. Head over heels. I mean, That's this is incredible. insane. What's the story? I don't know. Uh, Stab Magazine did write an article about it where they spoke to both surfers, but I haven't read the article yet. Um, it's spectacular, <laughs> though. A regular footer takes off deeper. A goofy footer is in front. And so the regular footer takes the high line to try to pull into the barrel, and the goofy footer's down low. The regular footer gets sucked up the face does a dive off of his board and lands square on the Goofy Footer's front foot on his head and neck, head. like a yeah, full headbutt into the guy's deck. And then, of course, they both fall and tumble, but it's right in the barrel at Pipeline on like a proper eight footer, let's say. It's legit. Yeah, it looks, I mean, it's pure comedy.
2: It's, yeah, it's, it's must, it is a must see moment. Is that your must see moment? Cause you must see it. That's
1: my must see moment.
2: That's really well done. Yeah, so I did interview um, Sean Duggan for Keep It a Secret film, this, kind of the history of Ireland. And, and that should be up on the Boardroom podcast
1: in the next couple of days, I think. I sent it over to you. Today, let's do it today. Um, yeah. When you sent it over and it said, keep it a secret, I was like, whoa, what's Scott? Scott's uh, sending me some <laughs> secret dish right now, some secret gossip that nobody's supposed to know about. And then I realized it was the film we'd been discussing for two weeks. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, uh, look, great show today. I appreciate you giving me this heart out. I do have to get going, but um, wow, we covered a lot. Overall, great event. WCL, great event. We aired our dirty, you know, we we aired our grievances as we always do, but we hope that it helps and moves the product forward.
1: Let me ask you real quick. Um, sunset starts. Is it the 11th? Is that the open? Looks like four well, days from now. I think it's the February 12th. 11th is the open. I just looked it up. We got to do uh, our it's survival the, picks. I know we Surf do. Surf
2: Survival league needs to go. Don't forget. If you're in the survival league, if you survived, you got to make your pick before the event, you got to get on it folks. So it's survive, And you guys all know that if you're playing it, you already know, but don't, this is your slap in the face. Wake up, go make your pick for sunset beach.
1: Yeah, Taylor does a good job of sending emails out as reminders and then um, even publishing how many, the percentage that picked a given surfer and who got lost, who lost, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so he'll remind you if you're already a part of it. But do you have a quick pick? I know you didn't give us one for pipe. Do you want to? I've been
2: thinking about it and I'm not going to give it until after the event starts. I've been thinking, okay. it's a tough one. This is probably the toughest one. Sunset Beach is a tough one. Anything can happen.
1: For listeners, I'll give a little bit of guidance. Um, John John would be a safe pick. Jack Robinson's won the event in the past when it wasn't a CT. Zeke Lau's done well out there. I think he's won an event. Jordy Smith would be expected to do good out there. So those would be the kind of obvious picks.
2: Yeah. All right. Good. Fair enough. Those might be. Um, yeah. I've been. I've been thinking about Zeke. And when I thought about Zeke this morning, I got, I thought, well, he really bombed out. And so now there's going to be extra pressure on him to do good. And so I don't want the guy that's got pressure on him. I want the guy that's loosey goosey. So I'm thinking John, John.
1: Yeah. And then, so the other place that I would want John, John for the season would be Margaret river and or Chopu. So do you use him now and not then that's a question.
2: I'm looking at it like who's not feeling pressure. Who's going out there having fun. Cause like the, The guys that are feeling pressure, I don't want a guy at Sunset Beach feeling pressure. There's just too many wild cards.
1: Yep. Agreed. All right. Lots to discuss. And uh, hopefully that event gets underway and we can discuss it next week, Scott. That would be great. Until next time, David, adios and aloha.
0: Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp when my eyes were stabbed by the flash of a neon light that split the night and touched the sound of silence and in the naked light I saw ten thousand people maybe more people talking without speaking people hearing without listening people writing songs that voices never shared no one did That I you do not know Silence like a cancer grows Hear my words that I might teach you Take my arms that I might reach you But my words